Good morning, and welcome to another edition of Today's Nutrition, where we look at what is new in research that can help us lose weight, be healthier, or live longer better. Well, this is the day that we're going to increase our chance of quality of life long-term. And the topic is cancer prevention. In this show, I'm going to give you the most important essential tools to prevent cancer, including diet, lifestyle, and I'm going to give you the research on prevention and treatment with natural alternatives. Unfortunately, all of us have been touched by someone who's had cancer And the overall lifetime risk of each one of us getting it is uncomfortably large. So I'm going to talk about personal risk reduction because we have so much we can do to radically reduce our risk of getting cancer. And hang on to the end of the show, and I'm going to give you my personal selection of supplements that are top for cancer prevention and used even in combination with conventional treatments if someone does have the diagnosis, of course, with their doctor's approval. What's gotten triggered to today's topic is that this week, yet another person I know has gotten the dreaded diagnosis. You know, it really is time that we set our feet firmly down in defense of our health before we're the next with the diagnosis. You know, I get a little selfish. This terrible disease, lifestyle and environment, they're triggering it. And it's hitting our favorite people, whether it's cancer, heart disease, Alzheimer's, or a laundry list of diseases. We seem to ignore what we can do to radically reduce our risk of these diseases that can rob us of quality years of life. I, for one, am tired of it, and I want to do all I can to change this. And the really good news is that what you do to prevent one disease is the same thing you do to prevent all these diseases. So first, let's review what we do know. Genes. And this is really important. Only 2% of cancers are genetic. That's great news. So forget the adage, it runs in the family. Let me repeat this. Forget that it runs in the family. 2% is a really small chance. It is far more likely that the family's lifestyle and dietary habits are passed down, and that determines our health. It's really evident with the twin study that followed sets of identical twins that were separated at birth. If it were genetic, the health of the identical twins would mirror each other, but it didn't. In fact, the health was clearly linked to the family that raised the twin because of the diet and lifestyle. Our genes influence very little of our risk of cancer. Most of the difference in cancer risk between people is due to factors that are not inherited. It's pretty obvious that the epidemic we're seeing in cancers today in family, it's the diet and lifestyle and environmental exposure. We used to think that some groups were more immune to cancer. For instance, Japanese women had very low levels of breast cancer. In fact, it was their diet and lifestyle that prevented it. When they immigrated to the U.S. and they took up the standard American diet, sad, their risk then equaled the average American woman, diet and lifestyle. So that leaves environmental influences and what we call epigenetic influences. Epigenetics is a relatively new field. 
on how our environment reacts with our genes, how we turn on and turn off genes that promote or suppress cancer. These genes are influenced by everything you're exposed to, toxins in our air, our water, our food, our cosmetics and plastics and chemicals we're exposed to, but also basic lifestyle factors like sleep, chronic stress, diet, exercise, obesity, excess alcohol. And then there's some viruses and other pathogens. But for the most part, these are things you can modify and change in your life. You've got the power over your future health and the health of your children. And, you know, it's amazing to me that this news isn't broadcast as loud as it can be because it makes a world of difference. You know, it could save Medicare and Social Security. I guess prevention doesn't make much money as disease. So you're not going to get a whole lot of advertising dollars put into it. But instead of being a victim of disease, your choice and daily actions can increase your chance for health, vitality, and longevity. What could be better? So let's look at the things we can change. Okay, number one, you know, tobacco. We got the tobacco memo. Most Americans do not use tobacco that that would have increased lung and other cancers. And at about $10 a pack, that's pretty much reduced the addiction to to tobacco. You know, so check this one off. You know, we pretty much have gotten that word so long as we don't replace it with vaping, which is just as bad, if not worse. Second thing, achieve and maintain a healthy weight throughout life. Absolutely. Most important cancer risk factors can totally be changed by body weight. You know, and I'm thinking, you know, since $10 a pack of cigarettes has impacted smoking, I vote to tax junk food and sugar. You know, if a food doesn't have a certain nutritional index, it's taxed, just like cigarettes, because it's the biggest culprit in excess weight and therefore disease. And, you know, as life goes on, it gets more expensive to fight those diseases. So it could, you know, pretty much break Medicare. Okay, just a thought. American Cancer Society says, be as lean as possible throughout life without being underweight you know, basically aren't used to seeing people at a healthy BMI. If you compare group photos at, say, the Ohio State Fair in 1950 and compare it to this year, you would be appalled. Our eyes just aren't used to seeing thin people. One of the biggest reasons that excess weight is such a health problem is because it puts a metabolic load on the liver and the kidneys, and and it just makes us metabolically unwell. We can't detoxify. Our immune system doesn't work right. You know, the biggest reason we had the worst outcome or among the worst outcomes with COVID is because we're metabolically unwell. That's not cosmetic, not at all. You know, and even, you know, even if you weigh 300 pounds, losing five to 10% can have huge benefits, you know? So overweight's being linked to lots of different cancers, gallbladder, liver, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, multiple myeloma, breast and uterine, aggressive forms of prostate cancer. In addition, too much belly fat is in link to colorectal cancer and pancreatic and endometrium and breast cancer. And a lot of studies have shown that there is a link to the benefit of weight loss to lowering breast cancer risk in women after menopause. 
Okay, number three, be physically active. And this one's huge too. A new study from the National Institute of Health that shows 8,000 steps a day reduced the risk of death by 51% over those people who only got 4,000 steps. Another huge study out of the UK found that about 9,000 steps a day reduced the risk of dementia by 51%. Oh, both of them, 51%, cancer and dementia, two of the worst things. So walking to prevent cancer and dementia, pretty amazing. We are designed to move. Walking is good, but we also need muscles. If you don't weight train, you lose 1% of muscle mass every year, and that adds up to a heck of a lot that's replaced by fat. So adults need to get about 150 minutes a week of activity and preferably spread throughout the week. So that's like 20 to 30 minutes most days, moderate activity. So I like to tell my clients, that's only 2% of your day. Hey, give it 1% and you're going to benefit. Doing some physical activity, no matter what, is going to have huge benefits besides the reducing the risk of cancer. You know, you're going to reduce your risk for heart disease. You're going to lower high blood pressure, diabetes, reduce the risk of osteoporosis, prevent weight gain and obesity. You know, get a pedometer, get a smartwatch and set a goal just to increase your number of daily steps. That's, I love accountability right on your wrist. Okay. Number four, should have been number one. You know me, it's like top on my list, but eat a healthy diet with emphasis on those colorful plant foods. You know, limit the processed meat and the fatty red meat. You know, don't want to have that. Eat a minimum of two and a half cups of vegetables and fruits. That's about five servings. That's the minimum. Nine to 10, even better. You know, for a re- there was a review. Team of researchers analyzed data from 95 independent studies, you know, looking at fruits and vegetables and early death from any cause. The studies were conducted worldwide and anywhere from 225,000 to 2.1 million participants. That's a pretty good study. Combined data showed that five servings daily were protective, but the greatest benefit came from eating 10 servings a day. Not that hard either. I mean, it's like two to three with each meal and one for a snack. You know, I got a lot of ideas, a lot of recipes and great ways to sneak a bunch in. But colorful berries, dark leafy greens, cruciferous like broccoli and cauliflower, eat them every day. Choose whole grains, not refined, no GMO, no conventional wheat, corn or soy. Limit alcohol, limit to no more than one a day. And for cancer prevention, limit to three a week. Okay, and then we need to watch for food additives and contaminants. You don't want growth hormones. You don't want antibiotics that are used in in conventional animal farming. Get the grass-fed, organically fed if your budget can do it. Um, Avoid pesticides and herbicides and avoiding BPA or really any of the bisphenols. Avoid plastics. You know, look on labels. No phthalates. Those feminize our young boys. So get rid of phthalates, get out, get rid of parabens, look at all your cosmetics, shampoos, all those. Some of these compounds may influence cancer risk because they have hormone-like substances. We call them endocrine disruptors because they act like a hormone and related to cancer risk and hormone disruption. 
Okay, another concern, heavy metals like cadmium and mercury. That's why we limit fish. And that's also present in our soil. You know, there's a lot of arsenic in the soil where rice is grown. So we got to watch some of those things. Um, certainly uh, utilizing the Dirty Dozen and the Clean 15 list that you can get from the Environmental Working Group website, ewg.org. You know, some of these are real easy to avoid. Um, just having a list is great. Okay, now I promised my personal choice on supplements. I've also got a free book at the shop you can pick up that dives deep into each one of these supplements with all the references by the top researchers. Uh, valuable information. You know, these supplements I highly recommend. And the number one that I take every day, curcumin, the BCM95 extract of turmeric. Don't be misled by just taking turmeric. It only contains about 2% curcumin. The BCM95 extract of curcumin has been researched to work to prevent and treat cancer through so many mechanisms. It encourages cancer cells to self-destruct. It prevents them from getting their own blood supply. It helps prevent cancer from spreading. It also is good to help keep cancer in remission. It does so many powerful things to benefit health. I could go on forever, but believe me when I say I take it every day and feel it is the number one thing research proves that if you want to protect your health and have longevity, it needs to be in your arsenal. Okay, number two, andrographis, considered a powerful adaptogen from India, and it's been shown to fight cancer in five different ways, including encouraging cancer cells to self-destruct, but also to, to banish chemo brain fog and to enhance conventional treatment. Okay, number three, grape seed extract. It contains super powerful OPCs, oligomeric proanthocyanidins. That's why we call them OPCs, super antioxidants. And when you combine that with curcumin, it more than doubles the effectiveness against cancer, according to research. Okay, number four, berberine, an extract of another one of my favorites, golden seal. It's got a research history being equal to metformin used for diabetes. It's also applauded to target belly fat, fatty liver, cholesterol, triglycerides, and mo and more. So studies show remarkable effectiveness in colon cancers. Some of the others spark cancer cells, helping them self-destruct, preventing spread, and it's a great complement to conventional treatment with doctor's approval. Number five, melatonin. Not what we usually think of for the sleep supplement, but it has compelling research on the effects on the immune system. There's evidence that it promotes, it helps to prevent, stop progression, and even stop the spread of cancer. I know one doctor, Robert Roundtree, who has a patient with pancreatic cancer who's taken 20 milligrams for over two decades. Of course, more research needs to be conducted, as we always say, but I truly believe if we keep all these things in mind, the diet, the lifestyle, and add one or two supplements on a regular basis, we can slash our lifetime risk of cancer and be assured of a long and healthy life free of disease. 
You know, it takes work, but heck, what a great hobby that pays you back huge dividends. So it's a quick rundown to help, but there's so much more we can do. And I know change is hard. And that's why I have programs for people to address their personal needs, their risk factors, the genetic predispositions, if you call it that, and support them in helping to make the changes you can live with and thrive to increase health, longevity, and vitality. If anybody wants to talk about working directly with me, you can reach me at debford.com. It's my greatest joy to help people overcome their barriers to health. Thanks for listening to another edition of Today's Nutrition. I hope it helped you or someone you love. Like always, you can listen to this or other shows wherever you listen to podcasts or on my website, debford.com. Have a great Mother's Day and do something really healthy for mom.